Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast where we dig into the truth and information. My name is Zoe Sands and I'm your host. And joined with me today is Phil Lewis, Senior Director of Global Strategic Partnerships Alliances. Phil has been working in the IT sector for 29 years. He joined Veritas last September to manage the technical engagement with our GSI organisation. And before joining Veritas, he has spent 20 years at HPE. Today, we're going to talk about how can an enterprise stop becoming obsolete. This follows on from his recent blog on the same topic, uh, which was posted on vox.veritas.com. Hello, Phil, and welcome back to the Voice of Veritas podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Zoe. Great to be here again. Yeah, Thank it's, you. It's good to have you on the podcast again. So, Phil, the, the title of your recent blog, How Can an Enterprise Stop Becoming Obsolete, is quite a provocative um, title. So, are enterprises as we know them today doomed? <laughs> it's good of you to say that it's uh, provocative. Um, maybe I'm in the wrong job and I should have been a newspaper headline <laughs> writer or something like that, perhaps. I'm in the wrong job. Um, I would worry about those enterprises that aren't trying to innovate and aren't trying to enter new markets. Uh, you know, I think for traditional businesses to survive and thrive, they need to build on their existing core business and expand into new lines of business and enter new markets. Um, to do that, they may well need to actually invest in new technology going forward as well. Um, otherwise, I, I fear that they do risk at stagnation. I mean, if you look at some of the most successful household names out there, uh, you know, th they've all innovated and moved on from their traditional core business. Um, you know, in the technology world, you know, I'm familiar with HPE, having spent 20 years there, as you said earlier. You know, they started out doing oscillators and healthcare products. Uh, that, that's no longer the case, clearly. Um, Dell, you know, EMC, uh, they started out by selling PCs, you know, directly, very successfully. Uh, but they no longer just concentrate on that. Amazon doesn't sell books anymore. Uh, the BBC, you know, started off in radio. Um, you know, but clearly, uh, again, they've moved on to TV, the internet and everything else. Uh, so it, I, I think there's many, many examples out there that show that if companies don't innovate uh, successfully outside their core business, they'll stagnate. So innovation, investing in technology is essential for business operations. So when a board is considering approving a large-scale IT project, what are the three categories do they consider when approving a, a, a project? Yeah, uh, that's a really great question. Uh, and, it, you know, it's one I think about all the time. You know, when I'm talking to customers, when we're talking about projects that, that we are heavily involved in, you know, one of the questions I ask always is, is what's the reason as to why the customer is going to buy this solution from us? Uh, and for me, it all boils down to one of at least one of three reasons. For the board to sign off on a deal, we have to show them that either A, it's going to grow their business, it's going to lead to top-line growth, uh, B, it could be because it's going to reduce cost and therefore impact their bottom line, or finally, three, yeah, it's going to reduce risk to their business. It's all about business survival. Now, clearly, we play a lot in, in, in parts B and C in terms of reducing cost and also... Uh, in particular, reducing risk 
Yeah, but we also need to think about how we can show companies how we can grow their business and grow their top line. Um, you know, so these projects will be at least one of those. It could be a couple of them combined going forward. How can IT departments ensure that they can future-proof their annual IT spend and reduce risks of IT projects failing? And is there a formula for allocating IT budgets? Yeah, it's interesting that, that there is a formula out there that, that I co constantly refer to. Um, it's, it's a financial model uh, proposed by McKinsey's, uh, the analyst firm. They, they came up with it in 2009. Uh, they call it their Three Horizons model. And I, and I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good model to use to uh, look at and understand how a customer is actually allocating its resources. And when I talk about resources, I'm talking about budgets and people. And, uh, you know, how are they allocating it to different um, uh, points in their transformation journey? Um, so they call it the Three Horizons model. And basically, they suggest that a company should split its resources, its budgets and its people into three very uneven buckets. So if I take bucket number one, uh, because this is the largest one, and this is 70% uh, of those resources, uh, should be spent on the existing core business today. So this is keeping the lights on, but that money and resource should be spent on innovating, uh, extending and reducing cost uh, in that uh, in that core business technology. So this is in you know, existing technology that runs its core business today. Um, you know, classic example for me of of that would be the move to all flash arrays, because for me that has done exactly what it says on the tin. It will actually reduce cost. It will extend and it will innovate the technology that runs the core business. The second bucket is 20%, um, and this is used to fund new technology that actually exists today, but maybe uh, is not being bought by that company, and that will allow the company to enter new markets that perhaps um, it hasn't played in before. So a classic example of this would be um, software-defined storage or the Internet of Things, IoT, and artificial intelligence. So these things are existing or, or coming to fruition and will allow companies to go and enter new markets that, that were previously closed to them. And then we've got the classic 10%, uh, the final 10%, uh, which is the smallest bucket of all, but very importantly, should be spent on looking at new technologies that aren't yet in the market. So what is coming down the line in the next couple of years that will actually help the customer create a whole new market altogether and actually beat their competition to the punch. Um, you know, so a classic example of this might be the concept of memory-centric computing, maybe. Or it could be the utilisation of robotics. Things like that coming to fruition in the future. So given that Veritas's focus is on data management and protection, where can we help IT departments plan their spending bucket one? Yeah, I, th I think there's a number of fronts where we can really help them, um, you know, and we have a number of tools and products that can help businesses reduce the amount of data that they hold dramatically. You know, we often refer to the Databerg report, where only 15% of uh, a, a, an enterprise's data is actually clean data. 
you know, the next, you know, 33% is considered rot data. You know, Mark was talking about this in his recent blog. You know, how can, how can we show a customer how we can reduce the amount of rot data that they have and free up storage resources in the core of their business today? This is stuff that's in the bucket one, and we can actually take that out for them. And then clearly there's the dark data. Um, you know, I, I mentioned in the in the last podcast that we did, Zoe, that a lot of customers don't even know where all their storage devices are today, um, let alone the data that's on there. And you know, there's huge amounts of this going on within our enterprise customers. We can help them identify that data. We can absolutely reduce the amount of, of data they hold so they only have the clean data left that actually drives their business. And this will dramatically lower their overall storage cost and that will allow them to free up resources to then invest in buckets two and three. So some organisations are already investing in cloud and software-defined storage whilst others are still in the exploratory phase when it comes to these two technologies. What advice would you give to enterprises looking to invest budget from bucket two um, of their IT budgets? Um, yeah, let's discuss software-defined storage first. Um, you know, this this is clearly a, a growing part of the market at the moment. Uh, it's it's nascent, but it's but it's certainly growing. At this moment in time, it's you know it's ideal for secondary storage environments um, where the functions and features of enterprise class storage really isn't required. Uh, it's you know it's not primary storage. It's built on standard x86 platforms. You know the, the servers that we we know and love and been filling our data centers with for you know the last 30 years or so you know it's built on that it's not proprietary storage um, so just using that x86 technology to store data will clearly reduce cost yeah for for, for the huge amounts of data that will be generated by um, IOT AI robotics etc going forwards you know so so it will allow them then to use that data that's stored more on more on, should we say, more cost-effective platforms, to then enter new markets going forwards, and it will cause disruption out there. Um, so, for example, you know, I talk about, you know, I talked in the last blog about car manufacturers moving into uh, autonomous cars. Uh, the concept, uh, you know, for pay-as-you-go driving in the future, you know, uh, where you don't actually own the car, you know, you ju- you just rent it as needed. This is going to have a massive impact on car insurance companies out there. The, you know, if I said to you that the total addressable market today for car insurance is something like $360 billion, it's $120 billion in China alone. So you know, it's a massive market, but clearly that's going to be impacted by this. I no longer own the car. I no longer drive the car. So if there's an accident... Who, who do you blame? Who do you sue? Because you, you cannot be sued because you're not uh, the owner or the driver of the car. So uh, you know, I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, yeah, scenario. And as I say, it's going to cause huge dis- disruption out there. Um, cloud brings a whole set of new challenges for our customer. Um, you know, which lines of business are actually utilizing cloud today? Is there shadow IT going on? Um, is the data that they're storing in the cloud, is it backed up? 
Is it secured? Is it safe? Um, is the contract with the cloud provider, you know, is it economically viable? There's you know, huge differences in costs between different cloud providers. And then how easy and cost effective is it to actually move your data between the, the cloud provider and your on-premise data center or between cloud providers if you can find a better deal elsewhere? So, you know, we, we have yeah, a raft of technologies and solutions that will help our customers secure, protect their data in the cloud, help them move it, help them understand the cost involved in, in, in storing data in the cloud. So, Phil, you mentioned um, earlier that, that IT budgets falls into three buckets, and I think this is a great uh, formula. There's the investment in current infrastructure, allocate budget to new technologies, and then there's the 10% to allocate to future technologies, but how do you know what future technologies are coming up and do you have any advice for enterprises investing their IT budget for future technology spend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a great problem. Um, and my answer to that would be, you know, for a customer, they really do need to talk to those technology companies that truly innovate in the market today. Um, that are leading edge in terms of where technology is going. They're not a follower, they are a leader in technology innovation. Understand what it is they're doing, where they're going, what their strategy is. And then at the same time, understand your company's strategy. Understand where it, the business wants to go over the next two to five years. And look for intersection points between the technology that's coming from these big innovators and where your company wants to go, and invest resources and understanding as to how this new technology can lead you to the, the fruition of your strategy and vision uh, in the future. I think, I think the other thing to look at as well is understand the latent projects that you may have in your business that simply cannot be solved today because people do not well, first of all, believe either that the technology doesn't exist or that the business cannot afford the technology that's out there that will solve that latent project and look to see where in the future either the technology will exist or the price will come to a point where a project can uh, actually uh, you know, materialize and, and become a success in terms of driving the business forward in the future. Thank you, Phil, for sharing further details on how enterprises can stop becoming obsolete and how IT budgets can be optimised. Great uh, formula there. That's all from this episode. For more details on this topic, you can find this on Phil Lewis's blog on vox.veritas.com. You've been listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music and Spotify and keep up to date on the latest recordings. And don't forget to visit veritas.com for details of our latest solution offerings. Thank you and goodbye.